Blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But the man who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Good morning, Oakwood. Glad you're here this morning. What a great intro to a sermon is to have a baptism. Reminder of what it's really all about is that we're here to seek and save the lost, you know, to keep that fire of evangelism in our hearts. And, you know, sometimes that happens within a family and uh, sometimes that happens here in the church. Sometimes that happens in a small group, but uh, the word of the Lord going out, um, the word of the Lord uh, being in the hearts of people, that's really what it's all about. And let us Never lose sight of the main thing, which is Jesus Christ crucified and uh, Christ risen so that we could have eternal life in heaven with God. This is the last uh, installment of this series called Rooted. You know, we've been in this five weeks and today we're going to be talking about the good soil. We've been talking about these types of soil for several weeks now. And as I said all along, I think that you'll really be able to find yourself in one of these types of soil. Um, we, we, we've talked about the hard soil, the hard heart. We've talked about the rocky soil, the, the shallow soil, the shallow heart. We talked about the uh, thorny soil, the crowded heart. And today we're going to be talking about the good soil, which is the fruitful heart. And just a reminder that maybe you've missed some week, and this is one of those series that builds concept on concept. You can always uh, get our uh, sermons online. Uh, just go to myoakwood.org, or actually oakwood.church, and you can... Uh, download whatever you've missed there and you can also go to our youtube channel and do that as well but uh, for the sake of time today we're going to dive right in it so once you get your bibles out matthew i'm sorry mark chapter 4 mark chapter 4 verse 8 is where we're going to be today two very short verses and if you didn't bring a bible we've got you covered just grab that one that's right there in front of you and turn it to page 839 you'll be right there at mark chapter 4 and as always you're welcome to follow along on a tablet or on your phone through the uh, Oakwood app, uh, all the sermon notes are in there, as well as all the scriptures and all the bullet points, and you can actually even type notes in there, it's pretty cool, so uh, be sure to check that out. But Mark chapter 4, like I said, two very small verses uh, compared to the rest of the passages that we've been reading, uh, but a whole lot of uh, content out of it and a whole lot to, to draw out of that this morning. So Mark chapter 4, verse 8, remember Jesus is teaching a parable, and he kind of uh, teaches in the parable form, and then he actually in this parable explains exactly what he means so that's what we're going to start with in verse 8 and then also in verse 20 this is what he says and the other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30 fold and 60 fold and 100 fold and now down to verse 20 it says but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and they bear fruit 30 fold 60-fold, and 100-fold. We're going to make a whole sermon out of that. Watch. 
You know, the first thing we need to take note from these two very small verses that really sound a lot alike. First thing we need to draw out is that this last type of soil that we're talking about today, the good soil, this is the only soil that produced fruit. This is the only soil that produced a harvest. It's called grain in verse 8. Jesus refers to it as grain in verse 8. In verse 20, he talks about the Christian bearing fruit in their life. The other three soils produced no fruit. This is the only one that was spiritually, as Jesus is really talking about here, fruitful. So that's really the first thing to draw out of this. The second thing, and something else to note in these two verses, is that not all of the seed that was in the good soil produced the same amount of fruit. What does Jesus say there? Jesus said that some seed produced more than others. And what he's saying here is that not all Christians are going to produce the equally same amount of fruit. But he's also saying here that all Christians should be fruit producers and should strive to grow even more to get a harvest of 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. Now, to bring this into a little bit of context, uh, if you are a first century uh, hearer of this story, Jesus saying that it would be 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold seemed absolutely crazy to these people. Because if you understand the soil type of that time, if you read historical data on farming in Jesus' day, if you got 10-fold out of your field, if you got your seed scattered down and it grew a crop and you had tenfold, ten times the amount, that was like, wow. You know, what your, would your, would your harvest produce this year? I mean, I had tenfold this year. Wow. And Jesus is sitting here teaching. He's saying, you're going to produce a harvest that is thirtyfold, sixtyfold, or a hundredfold. And it's like, whoa, I mean, that is, that is a lot. I mean, and to those people at that time, that was like blowing their minds. They're like, oh, he's got to be exaggerating. You're really telling me that the seed of the Word of God in a person's heart could produce that kind of spiritual life and that kind of spiritual fruit. Yes, that is exactly what Jesus is saying here. Now, the cool thing is that we who are Christians, who are true believers and have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the cool thing is we already desire this fruit in our lives. In fact, that's why many of you are maybe here this morning. This is a part of the process of you growing and maturing in Christ of you churning your heart and turning over the soul to make it good soul, that you would receive the Word of God and it would actually produce harvest in your life. So the cool thing is that the, most of us desire this. But how do we actually get there? Like, do we have a part to play in this? What must a person do to produce the spiritual fruit of a growing and maturing Christ follower? What is our part of this? Well, the first thing I want to share with you this morning is that we need to prepare the soul. Prepare the soil of your heart. That's, that's your part in this, is you've got to prepare the soil of your heart. Now remember, the hard soil that we talked about at the very beginning, it was inattentive, remember? Or that there was this preconceived aversion to the seed of the Word of God. I don't really believe the Bible, and I don't believe what these Christians say, a bunch of hypocrites anyway, so I don't really, you know, we just don't even receive the seed. And remember, it said that it was a well-trampled pathway, that it was packed down so hard. And I think that's because we allow all these influences in our life, you know, all these influences that just harden us and harden our heart. And now we're not soft toward the things of God. Now we don't have soil that can produce anything because we're so hard. And then remember the next week we talked about the rocky soil that was shallow and did not allow the seed of the word of God to take deep root. It let a little sprout out, but as soon as those roots tried to go deep, they were hit in rock and there was no depth. There was no staying power. Then last week, Sable did a great job talking about the thorny soil. 
that was choked out, that, that, that we would actually produce a, a growth, that there would actually be roots starting to go down in, but then the cares of this world, the pursuits of this world of wealth and, and things and distractions would crowd out that work, would distract us. Maybe even you could call that a busy heart, but busy with what? And then we get to today, the good soul. What's the difference between the good soul and those other souls is this soul was prepared. Someone came in and actually pulled the weeds, made sure that the depth of the soil was there for deep rooting, paid close attention that it wasn't trampled and packed hard by all the influences of the world. There was preparation. The soil was prepared. And so let's resolve to prepare ourselves then to be good soil. That we're going to read the Word of God actually let it penetrate us. That we're going to meditate on it as Scripture says day and night. That we're actually going to pray about it. That we're going to take long walks on the earth and think and dwell on the Word of God and who God is so that the soil of our hearts is plowed deep and ready to receive more seed which will produce more spiritual fruit. And I promise you, you will never be the same. You will never ever be the same. When you allow this kind of growth to take place in your life. Now, we're talking about preparing preparing the soul of your heart. I want to give you some specifics. How, how, how do we do that? What are some things specifically that we need to do to prepare the soil? The first thing you need to do is you need to plow it up. You ask any farmer after the season's over and after the crop's over, we got to plow up the soil. We've got to turn it over. We've got to get some of that stuff on the bottom to come to the top and that's going to help us produce. We need to pray and we need to ask God to break our hearts for what breaks his. And we need to watch that soul of our heart be plowed and be turned over and produce something beautiful. And some of us have hard soil because of what we have allowed in our minds and in our hearts. Things that we've allowed in our hearts and our minds that we should not. Maybe it's a relationship that's just negative in your life. Maybe it's something that you're consuming on your phone or you're watching on television, but something has hardened you, and sometimes that hardness even makes us numb to where we can't even feel the, the, the depth of the evil or the darkness that is associated with it. And yet we spend our time consuming and dwelling on these things. And it's time to put the plow into the soil and to turn it over and to do something different. Philippians 4, 8, 9 says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and this is the Apostle Paul here, he says, what you even heard and received and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. We're not actually going to hear all these things and think about these things. We're going to put them into practice. That we're actually going to dwell on things that are pure. Dwell on things that are commendable, that are honorable, that are true. And I promise if you do that, you're going to allow the soil to be plowed up and stirred up in your life. What's another specific thing we can do? How do we prepare the soil? We pull the weeds. We've got to pull the weeds. Or they might choke out the growth. I think that so many Christians don't pull the weeds. They just put the seed amongst the weeds and hope for the best. That's not like a great plan if you're growing a garden, right? This is how it is. Let's just be honest. I can still be a Christian. I can be a Christian. And I can still blank. You fill in the blank. I think everything, everybody, every one of us has something to fill in there. I can be a Christian and still blank. I can be a Christian and still watch those shows. 
I can be a Christian and still stay in that impure relationship. I can be a Christian and still steal from my job, my employer at work. Oh, I can still be a Christian and use foul language. I can still be a Christian and lust after women. Oh, I can still be a Christian and and whatever it is for you, you just fill in the blank. I can still be a a Christian and get on my phone and look at those things on my phone that I shouldn't. I I can still be a, a Christian and do that. But the question I have for you is that showing a life of repentance. Because repentance means that you're going to turn toward God and that you're going to literally change your mind and your direction. Have you changed your mind and your direction? Because if you have, good soil producing a fruit and a harvest. But if you have not, all you're doing is being lured away by Satan and his powers in this world. And the temptation comes and we give in again and again. And we're not showing this life that's supposed to be rooted in Christ and in his ways. Let me give you another example of this since we're in the heat of football season. Okay, this would be like one of you saying, I'm an OU fan. 110% I'm an OU fan and you wear an OSU t-shirt. You would say, what would you say about a person that does that? You are a walking contradiction. What would they say about you Monday at work if you claim and call, I'm a Christian, big Christian, come to Oakwood and anywhere, and tomorrow you hit work and you act like everybody else in the world? They would call you a hypocrite. They would say, you are a walking contradiction. And that's what we are so many times. Because we don't prepare the soul, we don't pull the weeds. Some of us need to focus on that. In fact, some of us, we're going to spend our whole life we're going to be constant weed pullers. I mean, that's just a fact. We may as well embrace it, but we can't allow the weeds to stay and to try to coexist and produce a harvest. It's not going to happen. It's part of preparing the soil of your heart. And the last thing is to cultivate for growth. I love that word cultivate. It gives this, this idea of ongoing action, even when it's used in, in, in scripture. And, and it means to develop and to prepare and to improve. So we're going to, to not only uh, pull the weeds and, and plow the soil, but we are going to cultivate for growth. It's an ongoing process. We're going to water it. We're going to water it. Not just once in a baptistry. We're going to water this this faith that we have our whole life. We're going to fertilize it with the Word of God and with other Christians that are going to speak truth into our life. We're going to make sure it gets enough sun exposure. That it keeps out of the wind. That it doesn't break off. We're going to aerate the soil. We're going to give it the nutrients and all that it needs. And if you cultivate your spiritual life with the Word of God, you will grow. If you're here this morning, you say, well, man, I just feel like I'm not growing at all. I'm just where I was five years. I'm so frustrated with myself. I even feel like I'm backsliding. My attitude is poor. I, I treat people bad. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm just feel like scum right now. What, what am I going to do? You will grow when you allow the Word of God to penetrate and to go deep and to become rooted. And what does Jesus say? 30 times, 60 times, 100 times deeper. Can you imagine a walk with Jesus Christ of where you're at this morning that is 30 times stronger, 30 times deeper. Can you imagine a faith where you are 60 times more faithful to God and that you actually are crazy enough to believe God is who he says he is, he can do all he's promised to do, 60 times the faith that you have today you could have in him. And let's, let's just go all the way, let's say 100 times, that you would be 100 times more in love with Jesus than you are right now, that you would be a hundred times more faithful, that you'd be a hundred times deeper spiritually in your walk with God. Can you even fathom what that looks like? 
Because some of you, I think your walk with God is, is pretty awesome. But what if you allowed the word of God to penetrate? You turned over the soil, you pulled the weeds, and you prepared the soil of your heart. This word actually gets in there and starts growing and growing you as a person. And the results are that sometime in the near future, you, you produce a harvest or what Jesus calls fruit in verse 20 that's a hundred times what it used to be. I want to go to that church. I want to meet those people. In fact, I would want to hang out with those people. That's the opportunity that we have to grow into Christ Jesus, but we have to prepare the soul of our hearts. The second thing this morning is we need to listen and apply the Word of God with all of our might. Hear me. With all of your might. And some of you can be quite mighty about things in your life. But maybe not about this. But what if you did? What if you pursued and you actually listened to the Word of God and you apply the Word of God with all of your might? We're talking focused attention when the Word of God comes up. When, when a verse comes up on your Bible app, you are focused attention there. When someone is talking to you about Jesus and uses a verse of Scripture. I mean, this is hard. let's admit, this is hard work for us sinners, isn't it? You know, and you throw in the fact that Satan, we talked about this the very first week, that Satan has opposition to this. That Satan actually doesn't want you to give attention when the Word of God is being preached or taught or even read. And so, so you're fighting a battle here, but again and again throughout Scripture, Jesus says what? He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, I want to be one of those people. I want to have ears to hear. And we need to strive to be a people that have ears that listen. And whether that's from your Sunday school teacher, a connect group leader, maybe for some of you it's from your spouse. For some of you, it's listening in a podcast or maybe even on a Sunday morning. Ears to hear. And not to just listen, but to apply the Word to your life. Make James 1.22 your theme verse. That I'm not merely going to listen to the Word and so deceive myself. I'm actually going to do what it says. I'm actually going to let it penetrate deep in my heart. And produce the fruit of heaven. And help us to be deeply rooted in God that we'll be able to stand when life happens let me tell you what it also means that means when you're listening that you start listening for you instead of listening for others can't tell you how many times we do a service and someone tells me has a great sermon in the lobby and they tell me who they wish would have been here oh boy i sure wish jim bob would have been here today boy he really needed that really how about you start listening to messages for you and quit worrying about your spouse oh, i wish my husband would have been here today what about the work that God wants to do in you? Oh, I wish my wife would have been here today. Oh, I wish that guy from my Sunday school class would have been here today. Oh, I wish so-and-so would have been here today. What, what if you just started listening for you? You allow God to do some work there. Not your spouse, not your friend. Don't worry about anybody else. But in these moments, listen and apply the word of God to your life. And do it with all your might. Like, really go after it. Really pursue this relationship with God. The third thing this morning is that we need to refocus the priorities. Refocus your priorities toward growth and maturity. Refocus priorities toward growth and maturity. Maturity, And I mean really focus and center your life on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything else in life is details. The Christian walk isn't some side gig. 
This isn't something that, oh, this is my Sunday morning thing. This isn't some side gig. This is the main thing, and it's to be the center of your life. And so many of us are distracted, and we don't become deeply rooted in Him. We don't become caught up in Him and embedded in Him because we are embedded in things of this world. It's a lot about what, what Alan talked about last week. It's the things of this world that can distract us. It's the things of, these worlds that, of this world that lures us And the fact is that what you really desire deep down inside your heart, like what you really desire for your life to be and what's missing right now and why you're uncomfortable and why some of you are confused, why some of you are caught up in sin and you have a negative thing going on in your life, it's a negative pattern in your life. And really, if you're honest, you come in this morning, you're like, something's missing, There's something missing in your life. There's something missing in your marriage. Your relationships are not what you thought they could be. You're losing friends faster than you're making friends. You have all these factors going on in your life at work and all this kind of stuff. God wants to heal all that. God wants to give you all of that in a good way, in a positive way in your life. But you've got to refocus your priorities toward growing in Him. Because that's when you will be blessed beyond measure. And you'll produce fruit. Some of you 30, some of you 60 times, some of you 100 times, if you have good soil. And if you refocus the priorities of your life toward growth and maturity, and it gets you in this lens that no matter what comes my way, this is a part of my process of growth in Christ Jesus. Because the fact is, when life happens, only the rooted stand. And a lot of you have life happening right now, don't you? And we could come in here, we just put a mic up here, have open mic time. We all come up and tell what's going on in our life. Everybody's got something that they're dealing with. Everybody's got something that you feel like at any second just come in and bam and just knock you down. That's why it's so important that we be rooted in Christ Jesus. But for some of us, I think there's this thing that I'm going to call the gap. There's this gap in some of us. There's this separation that we try to put between our life in Christ Jesus and the life we live out in the everyday world. And we'll just call it the gap. Most of us, if we struggle with this, we don't want them to touch. (laughs) No touching. We don't want them to meet each other. No, no, don't meet in the hallway at my house. You know, it's like, this is my God thing. I do it on Sunday mornings. Maybe Wednesday nights. If you really bend my arm, I might give Jesus an hour on Wednesday night. But that's it. That is the extent. I'm not reading my Bible every day like crazy Christians do. I'm not doing any of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to stay. And we keep this gap. Don't let them touch. Don't let them intersect. Keep them separate. And for some of us, we are united and connected. For some of us, that is the way we walk. I mean, Jesus penetrates every area of our life. But for some, for others of us, let's just be honest this morning, we try to manage some space in this gap between our spiritual walk, our spiritual walk and our real life. And they cannot intersect. And I think this is certainly possible to ignore or to not be bothered by the gap that we've created. I'll never forget preaching here uh, early on, one of my first few sermons in my first couple months of ministry here. I was out in the lobby afterwards on a Sunday and I had an older gentleman in the congregation come up and I'll never forget, he patted me on the shoulder like this, kind of like, hey, good job, young pup, you know? And he said this to me, he said, well, that was a really nice sermon. Now back to the real world. Really? I thought the sermon in like the Christian life was the real, real, real world. It's like, oh, that was a really nice sermon. Now back to the real world. 
You see, some of us, maybe like him, we just never connect the truths of God's word to everyday life. And if you construct a wall to divide the sacred nice sermons and scriptures from the secular real world that I go to Monday through Saturday, if you keep Jesus and his authority safely tucked away in heaven where he can't threaten your way of doing things, then this gap probably doesn't really concern you. You're numb to it. It may not even occur to you that it should bother you. Neither will this gap concern you if the gospel means anything to you. Because to some of us, the gospel means I have a ticket to heaven. And and because I have this ticket to heaven when I die, that the grace means that I don't need to strive to obey Christ while I live. I've already got my ticket to heaven, and, and grace will cover all of my sins, and so I don't need to live for Jesus Christ. And what you think, maybe perhaps, is when Jesus was on the cross and says, it is finished, if you believe it is finished means that you have nothing left to do to live for God, if you consider Jesus' call to discipleship in Luke 14 to just be something that's optional, then maybe that's just reserved for the few like super sensitive Christians, the super committed followers of Jesus Christ, then you won't be bothered by this gap either. You'll go out of the church building today and you'll go back to life and you'll say, that was a really nice message. <laughs> good. That was a good one. Had me go in there for a second. I was actually thinking about reading my Bible, but now back to the real world. The Bible is not going to be in the real world. That's why the Bible used to be, I heard this this week, that's why the Bible used to be on our tables, Bible on tables at home, because when you sat down for dinner with the family, you open up the Word of God. The Bible was there on the coffee table in the living room because you actually read it. But today, some of us, we just we can't even find our Bibles. Where, where, where is our, our Bible? It's on a shelf somewhere in the bedroom collecting dust. And sadly, many Christians have lived with this gap for so long that they don't even mind it any longer. It doesn't affect you at all. And we lose our sensitivity to the spiritual life because we separate it. And it doesn't penetrate us every day. And we can live in sin and ignore the Word of God and what it has to say about that during the week. And then next Sunday, we'll just pick up where we left off. And it reminds me of something that Jesus said to his disciples once. He said to his disciples, his disciples were, were pursuing worldly pursuits. They were pursuing worldly things and kind of posturing for the kingdom of heaven. They were trying to apply worldly principles to heaven. And I just remember what Jesus said, and I think this is like what he wants to say to us today, is he said, not so with you. Not so with you. I know you may have seen Christians in your life that claim to be Christians, They're Titus 1.16 Christians. They claim to know Christ, but by their actions, they deny Him. And you've seen that hypocrisy play out. You thought that was okay. Jesus on Sunday, Jesus a little bit here and there. And and the rest of my life, you know, now I'm in the real world. And they're not rooted. They didn't prepare for the good soul. And they didn't allow the Word of God to penetrate deep inside of them. And to truly produce a harvest. Do you hear that? Jesus wants to produce spiritual fruit in your life. He wants to produce spiritual fruit. And not just a little bit. 30 times. 60 times. 100 times more. 
Can you separate a tree from its roots and still have it be healthy? Can you picture like one of our trees out here? They're starting to fall pretty into fall colors. Can you imagine just cutting it off, just laying it there? And if you came back to church next week, what's it going to look like? Beautiful growing tree, right? No, it's going to be dead. That's what we're doing sometimes. We're, we're going out in the world. We're disconnecting from our roots. We just cut it off. We just say, we're done with it. And the invitation for you this morning is for you to prepare the soil. Prepare your heart so that God can do some great work in you through his word. Because the fact is, Jesus sacrificed and he died for you. And he says to you this morning, I died for you, will you live for me? And if you do, the fact is, you and I, we need him. We can try to put everything else in the world to take his place in our heart, but we need him. We need to be deeply rooted in him so that we're ready for whatever life brings our way. So that we'll be able to stand. And stand firm on the word of God. And so as I close the message today, I'm going to go back to week one. To the very first scripture that I shared with you. It's Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. And let's, just, let's, let's just let God speak to us as we close this morning. By following along with this verse. This is what it says. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose trust is the Lord. Because he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit how why it's because it's deeply rooted